can't be that sick if you could write something like that. Yeah, well, I did that uh, after the hospital. So was that really? Well, can you talk? You did like an old man. <laughs> no, I'm afraid that's not the way it's going to be. You know, the the ultimate winning is not winning. Now, I'm just thinking about how the, our society is so geared toward. You know, to me, it just looks like this giant greyhound race. You know what I mean? Where they're just, all the greyhounds are trying to get the rabbit and everyone's betting on it. And it just looks like that. It just looks like this competition to get get some, get, you know, get what? Get some dirt. Get some, get some leaves. Get what? Win. But the thing is, it's not a real win. On Earth, it's a perceptive, it's a perception of winning. Not a real win. The Kansas City Chiefs didn't win. What was exposed was the witchcraft that enabled them to use trickery to uh, somehow eke out some kind of win. Not that they couldn't do it. They, of course, could do it, but... The odds were they wouldn't do it, and then they did do it, and then we had pictures of Taylor Swift with witches in the booth being drunk and throwing uh, witchcraft signs. So that's a very strange thing to, to hit me with because, you know, here I am watching this, and, and I, you know, and I, I tried to get over it. It's taken me a few years to get over the Beyonce, uh, remember the black eyes of Beyonce, how they turned black in that, uh, when she was dancing, and people said, well, she's she's getting possessed by a demon, and then that's where she's getting, you know, her dance from, and, uh, and then there were several pictures circulating around of her eyes going black, and I believe it. I've seen people, uh, that happen to people. So I, I know it's possible. And I, I don't, I can't make it happen. I can't do an ex- a scientific experiment where I can force somebody to go black eyes on me. But I know that I've, that, that I've seen it, and it's kind of like uh, displacement. I have experienced displacement many times where I was somewhere. In fact, the most recent time was in the hospital itself which I've never really been able to get my mind around. I've never been able to really explain it to you or to anybody because it was so weird that it would just take volumes to explain the experience that I had in terms of multidimensionality. And a lot of it had to do with ancient secret societies and the hospital itself and the founding of the hospital. And, you know, there was just no way I could... You know, I kind of made a decision to, to... it's not really my battle, so I backed off of it, you know. what A lot of people would want to gather information and share it with you, but I think at the end of the day, once the information was shared, you go, oh, yeah, I know about that. You know what I mean? I don't think you would go, oh, wow, that's really something, Zeph. That's really 
a great revelation. I really, you know, it's like I could talk about um, aliens and reptiles and fallen angels and, you know, do the whole back and forth uh, Hegelian dialectic about are they demons or are they aliens? <laughs> and we could get all distracted with that for a while. Problem would be that you'd be saying to me, well, you know, the thing is, I, I've been dealing with that. And I got about as far as you did. And I'm like, oh, well, then I guess we just wasted each other's time. Sorry. So we, you know, in purposing the Zeph report, I think, <laughs> in a sense, I'm purposing it for us to lose and lose big. Uh, you know for us to unsucceed for us to um, you know conquer through peace conquer through the lack of desire to conquer conquer through the desire which desire equals ultimately sin right People with lots of desire have lots of sin proclivities they want to. Have you noticed that? People with a big ambition tend to sin more. Or they might even hide it better. But, I mean, they they, they, they got big desires. They want, to, they want to go big. They're going to go down and hold court down at the bar. They're going to be the First guy into the brothel, they're going to be, you know what I mean? They're going to be uh, at the gambling table. They're going to be uh, in their um, hot car right in the middle of the uh, the next Super Bowl tailgating thing with all the million-dollar luxury buses and, and uh, celeb tards, right? They're going to want to be right in there. And we all know that people that just have to be right in there to make that scene you got to make the scene two ways. One, you got to make the scene if you're nobody, right? So they get to know you. Two, you got to make the scene if you're somebody. In other words, if you don't make the scene, then it's like you're being a snob. You're not really down. And what are you down with? You've agreed to go to hell with the rest of them. So that's what you're down. You're down. No, 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 I, I know it's sick, but I was thinking about this because, and, and believe me, you know, I love a lot of people that are caught up in, you know, in either side of this fight, and, you know, you, you know, people are just, you know, come on, they're, they're, a lot of them are just helpless, and they're, they're pretty, you know, the more powerful they get, the more pathetic they actually become, right? The more independent they are, do you understand what I mean by independence? Independent thought, the ability to be alone, uh, you know, independent, uh, uh, you know, survival, uh, being able to um, help others, you know, having um, energy to love and not hate, and, uh, you know, of course there has to be discernment. Uh, one of the things we don't see today is discernment. I was, you know, there's a pastor somewhere of, he's got this church, 
It's open 24-7 for anybody. Jesus welcomes it. It's kind of the opposite of the commercial. I didn't realize that the Super Bowl commercial uh, talking about Jesus. And I was like, wow, they're talking about Jesus. This is certainly different. But it was a put-down. It was a hate, a hate letter using Jesus to put down the audience. And I thought, what the arrogant sons of fucking bitches these are. To just, in your face, go after the audience watching, who are, you know, lending you their ears and their pocketbooks, and to attack them, saying that, you know, you've got to start washing people's feet to be like Jesus. You know, um, the, the, any more arrogance and you'd have, uh, you know, beyond Biden or something. You know, you'd have beyond all of that stuff. Look, th- there is no way that a TV should start lecturing anybody about Jesus. Especially those that don't know Jesus. Like the people that put that commercial together. That was the most offensive thing. In fact, they snuck it by me. I I didn't pay much attention until I did. And then when I did understand what they were doing, oh, I was so heartbroken at the stupidity of the NFL and CBS. I couldn't believe how fucking stupid these fuckers are. I couldn't believe how idiotic the idiocracy continues. The same people destroying the economy, the same people getting into World War III, the same people, right? And then they want you to, if you're a Christian, go around washing the people's feet of the pagans or whatever. It, it was just despicable. It was like sewer mouth, like forked tongue sewer mouth in your face, criticizing you, accusing you accusing you, accusing you of hatred. That's what they were doing. They were accusing you of hatred and they wanted to preemptively grab you and get you washing feet of people. You better, you you dirty Christian, you better wash the feet, you hypocrite. You get there down there and wash those feet. Oh. Oh. Well, the only thing I've got to say to that is Jesus washed Judas' feet and sent him straight to fucking hell. Boom! Why do you think that either? Well, you you see, Zeb, it takes a lot of thought to get to that point where you can really figure it out. (laughs) No. It takes a lot of unthought, a lot of deconstruction to get to the point where you can see the simple truth. Honestly, you know, at that point, I was like, when uh, Travis Kelsey so rudely and disgustingly and, and, and pathetically and cowardly hit the coach because he was out for a couple of plays, I was, uh, you know, I was at that point, I was like, do you need me to do your duty, fuckhead? Huh? Do you need me, coach, to do what must be done? 
And the coach was such a coward, such a baby, that he just kind of turned the other way and and let uh, let old Travis just kind of be the gorilla tearing up the scenery. Couldn't believe it. Never do you ever allow something like that. Never, unless you want to destroy your organization. He hit him intentionally. Come on, get out of here. It, while he hit him in the kidneys, he hit him wherever. He probably knows he's got a weak kidney. Probably does. And he's probably in kidney failure. He's in renal failure right now. And he got hit there. Because this Travis guy is a, is a, you know, a, a bad guy. He's privileged. And he's just a piece of shit. And that's what he is. But they're going to go Bud Light on him. And now that they've forgiven Bud Light, they can forgive Travis too. They can forgive everybody. So it's just basically a brawl because Mike or whatever, you know, the coach, he's really responsible for them being where they are in the Super Bowl. You know, getting to that place of, you know, winning the championship in the Super Bowl. It's the coach himself is the guy with all the brilliant ideas and plays and all this stuff that, you know, teamed up with uh, Mahomes, the quarterback, was able to, to together to make this team happen. And that was such disrespect. Uh, and, and the fact that he kept playing, I... Some things are... You're more valuable than money, folks. And in this case, honor. Integrity. We have none. We have a country that's spinning out of control, and pretty soon the murder rate's going to be everybody's getting murdered in the streets. The streets are alive with murder, blades, guns, you name it. The body count soars to thousands a day. And nobody even reports it. And it will go further. If you like, would we'll go even further. I'm all set to go further. I'll just sit here. I'm going to keep prophesying. We're going to keep going further than that. By the time next summer rolls around and the uh, campaigning for the elections going on, oh, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. Because of little things like not kicking an insubordinate player out of the game. That may be a little thing to you, but that's a big thing. That means a lot to the entire, not just the industry of football, but to the military, to the government, to the structure of the United States, to the civilization. It means these people are done with it. Now, poor pathetic coach. You know, the funny thing about him, he's a pretty good actor, too. When he acts in a food commercial, he's, he's really funny. He plays a guy that's stealing food off the plates of his players. And uh, he does a very good job. I mean, I was amazed. I thought, this can't be the coach. This has got to be a pro. And no, it was a, the coach. But he couldn't bring himself to stand up against his handlers and the assholes who think they're running the whole thing. Seriously, 
I, I don't see how you can just walk past these people without at least a slap to the face, a little something, spit on the shoes. You, you, you just walk by? Oh, yes, yes, God. Yes, God, I'm in deference to you. Yes, God, whatever you say, God. Oh, yes, owner of the NFL, whatever you say, you're a very powerful guy. I'm just here to be, you know, to eat your shit. I'm here to bow down. I'm here to wash your feet. Because you told me to. Oh. When we all know, and we know very well, that, and sorry for my, you know, um, rather vociferous volley of words of indiscretions. But we all know the last shall be the first. And the first shall be the last. Amen. We all know what the Bible cautions about, about even people that don't, that hate God and hate Jesus, like, like people like Bobby De Niro. He hates everything. But it's amazing how much stuff he's picked up from the Bible that he applies to his own life. And one thing he's picked up is when you have a victory, you go low, you get humble, you become quiet, you become observant. Because he says, and I quote, I've, and I don't know why this stuck with me, but I've, this is like two years I remember this. I've seen him come and I've seen him go, he says. And the ones that go, who don't make it, who have all these riches and then suddenly nothing, and you know, wind up in a trailer park somewhere, those are the guys that are the boasters. The big, you know, wearing it on their sleeve. They're number one. They've done this, they've done that, they've done this, they've done that. Nobody can question their integrity. My friends, everybody can question our integrity. Our integrity, my integrity, your integrity, it's available for questioning 24-7. That's the way God set it up. There's never a time where integrity is not being questioned. So when there's a victory, you get quiet, according to De Niro. And that's a time when he says, for caution. I think Sun Tzu says something similar. Maybe that's where he got it, you know, when he was researching his Nobu bar. I don't know. Point is, is uh, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. You know, victories should bring on humility. And um, this stomping into the ground, you, you know, you're number one. You are the, it may be one thing for a queen to do. We are the champions, but queen's not exactly around anymore, right? We are the champions, my ass. When you're the champion, you shut the F up. You, take, you, you know you might not be the champion tomorrow, right? So, 
and I know that a lot of you are, you know, humble people that have, you know, you don't really have bragging rights about anything, really. It's, you're just trying to get through the next day, and I understand that, too. But there, there's a whole art and science to that as well. Anyway, the people that are crowing, they're the people that won't be there tomorrow. And they're doing it to themselves. And so you hear a lot of noise. You hear a lot of fervor. Somebody makes a stupid comment. I'm the best. I'm the best guitar picker there ever was. Don't you try to even compete with me. Next thing you know, they're on the bottom of the... Uh, of, of, they're not even on the top anything. They're just gone. So that was the point. And, um, you know, I think the NFL could learn something. Instead of just stomping at like some kind of caveman all over the stage and sort of, you know, pounding into repetition that they're the best and that, you know, you know America's back, America's in business and vote for Biden and all this other bullshit. Instead of that, it's, you know, which is simply a cover-up. You can see how pride goeth before a fall. You can see how the, the Super Bowl is the pride that goeth before the fall. You can see how the Super Bowl angered the Lord, which is the reason I'm talking about it. You can see that the Lord would be there to smite the United States because of this problem. Can you really imagine Donald Trump winning the election and moving into the White House? Can you actually imagine that? And so who's going to protect the streets? Who's going to protect the government buildings? Who's going to protect against terrorism? How would it happen? Who's going to protect the president? The Secret Service doesn't have enough firepower. Who would it be? And do we now live in a, in a world where everything has to be locked down? Which is a you know, wet dream of the, uh, of the tech people. Now you have Klaus Schwab out there saying amazing things, but he's saying, well, we don't want a a technocracy. We want a humanocracy or something like that. He's moving off technocracy in a silicon world because he's finally seen the stupidity of his ways. And he's a dumb fuck. I mean, he's, he's as dumb a person as you'll ever talk to. You can't find people stupider than that. You can go on a big search. I'm looking for someone stupid and humble and, and gullible who believes anything, who believes pseudoscience, and see if you can, you know, and, and, and then they go, well, you believe these conspiracies theories. You're, you believe in pseudoscience. It's like, no, not really. There's nothing wrong with people doing their own research. Nothing wrong with the Internet. It's a good source. Nothing wrong with... Uh, a lot of the doctors who've broken away from the establishment 
and made significant breakthroughs in health and in science. Nothing wrong with that. Something wrong with calling those people conspiracy theorists and or that you're labeling Alex Jones for the umpteen billionth time. What's wrong is that they're doing this into oblivion because they want to see oblivion. But will they like starving to death? No, but they're too dumb to figure out that they're going to starve too, along with everybody else. And that's what we're warning about. The economy is showing signs of a complete collapse. When you have Bitcoin going up to $52,000 a coin with no end in sight, what do you think that tells you? What's that telling you? Huh? The old money is no good anymore. Dollar has been, you know, this is how dumb people are. I mean, I'm just going to have to explain it. Okay, so central banking is good, right? Central banking is good. It's awesome. Central banking, I'm going to set myself up as a central banker. And then all I got to do is print up the money to pay my debts, and I'm, I'm in profit land, baby. I'm green. I'm in the black. As long as they believe it, as long as the dumb shits believe it, I'm good to go. Well, the same with the Federal Reserve. They print money to pay debts, to pay each other off, and uh, to take that portion so that uh, America can never get out of debt, so the individual has to keep... And the individual actually, people in America actually believe when they print money to solve a problem that they, they, they believe it's real money. And so as long as there's dumb suckers to believe this crap, it's going to keep going on until it's completely bankrupt and destroyed and people are all dead. Is that what people want? Well, it's not my fault. I have raised my voice. I've called out the obvious, like the Larry Finks of the world and all that. You know, and these are the people that also, you know, are with central bankers and they, and central bankers always just print money that they don't have because they're allowed to because they own the printing press. Congress was supposed to regulate the, the money. That didn't happen, did it? Exactly. Not since we got taken off the gold standard. So what do you think? They print money up to run these wars and to run the immigration and they blame you. The public and the tax code blames you, dirty American. Left or right, doesn't matter. Black or white, doesn't matter. They blame you. And you got to pay for all this crap. And they sit there telling you they're going to have trillions for this and trillions for that. And and you sit there and you nod your head and go off to the next thing and then complain about taxes or the system or something. But you believe 
that when they print money, it's real money. You actually believe it. You're one of those few people that actually, you know, says, hey, this looks like a pretty good investment. This company is out of debt. When actually, right, or this group is out of debt, or this country is out of debt. I mean, it's not that bad. $35 trillion is the debt. There's no way you could you could harness the next five generations. You'd never get out of it. Of course, should it be held to account? Since all they do is print whatever money they want. And then they blame you. Of course, it's always your fault. And you've got to work in those fields until your back breaks. And then you've got to die on cue. Because they're making you do it. They get in the three-piece suit, they drive their Lambo down to work, and they give it to the valet. They go in and print up, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars and trillions of dollars. They go home and sleep like a baby. You're fighting off all the criminals, wondering whatever happened to uh, law and order. There you go. It all began with central banking. Violence comes from central banking. Blood flows from central banking in the form of war. Ukraine and Russia and all of that conflict and Israel and, and, and uh, Palestine and whatever the rest of it is all comes from central banking, from the American central bank, from the creature at Jekyll Island, from these lovely people. Yet when they walk down the street... All they get is worshipped. They, they, you should see them with a, when there's a, uh, you know, what do they call that? A scrum of press around them. And they're going into a meeting or something and how they're clamoring around, deferring to them, kneeling to them, bowing to them as they go into their important meetings on Capitol Hill. What? Why isn't someone stomping their guts out? Because <laughs> you believe them? They print money, you believe it? You got my money's not going as far, as far as it went last week. Right, because you look the other way on the fact that they just printed that up. You believed it was real money. It just cut you in half. Mm -hmm. Well, if you... So don't say anything. And, you know, and just keep complaining. They don't care. They're hidden in their bunkers. They got their security detail. They got automatic weapons. They got F-16s and nuclear bombs. They don't give a shit about you whatsoever, except to keep you working in your dumb shit job so you do dumb things and give them money. So that's America. That's my summary of America. That's my shtick on America. That America, whether left, right, black, white, any color at all, and whatever, is in serious uh, trouble of complete, complete one-day collapse. A one-day collapse. It's coming. And that one-day collapse... <laughs> 
means one day collapse. Klaus Schub, Klaus, idiot, Klaus. How can we, how, how do you get someone like that to be your leader? Oh, they're, cho- they're chomping at the bit to get that. What he doesn't realize is that the chaos that would contribute, cause, would not be regulatable for a hundred years. At, if at all, if at all, meaning he'd be left in the cold. I mean, is there anybody that can even think it through what a nuclear war with uh, nuclear superior Russia would be like? Well, after you said goodbye to Atlanta and Philadelphia and New York and Miami and L.A. and Chicago and and Seattle and uh, Houston and Dallas and the rest of these places, uh, you know, then you can, you know, go out and try to do survival. Dig in the dirt. Try to get something to grow. Eat grass. All of it was provided. All the coach had to do was toss Travis Jerkoff into the great unknown. And fine, he could quit and go join another team. That's fine. It's not the point. That's all anyone has to do. So, and it's like, well, we know this. We all know this. So, so you're not telling us anything new. No, no. The, the new thing would be that humans are capable of change. That would be something new. The humans can run faster than a greyhound. The humans will stand up to it and refuse to take it. The humans will rebel. The humans will say something. The humans won't let it stand. Did you see the meltdown of Fannie Willis? Oh man, that's a that's a that's a well, that's a that's a show, man. That's a show. That's a big show. Holy smokes! Holy, I didn't know what to make of it. I'm I don't ever want to do that to a black man. <laughs> you know, I said. I'm not a hostile witness, she says. I, I'm wondering how she, how she ever passed the bar exam. Exactly. How did she, did she pass the bar exam or did they just give her a pass? Well, obviously they just gave her a pass. She, didn't, she never took a bar exam. She's unfit to be a lawyer. Um, and the show that ensued... Uh, where they're asking a few questions, all softball, uh, and she's acting as if she's being persecuted. That was the that that sums up their whole party. That sums up their whole thing. That sums up the entire problem in this world. It's basically the the push to 
global communism, the overthrow of nations, the opening of borders, the George Soros vision. That is, you know, the Bolshevik revolution of today. And they're very ruthless. They'll kill, you know, a billion people before they even blink an eye. Understand, that's going to happen to you. Well, then don't blink an eye. Just accept it. Go out and kneel down there by the road and let them cut your head off. Or, uh, really, my outrage was, I thought that I would see the, the coach get a lot of flack from people that would say that, you know, you needed to eject, you know, uh, shit for brains from the, uh, you know, from the game for the insubordination. It looks to me like you're just compromising like a criminal and looking the other way on a serious infraction of the rules of, of, of everything that, that, that we hold dear. Civility. Rule of law. Gentlemanly conduct in sports. You know, just... You know, I mean, there's no point in having the Olympics anymore after that. Right? It's all basically steroids. So, what's the point? You sound like you want to create a suicide cult. Well, suicide cults would actually make sense to start cropping up about this time. Cults formed by the CIA up in the Colorado Rockies, right? With 15 girls and one guy. All worshiping the guy, and then they go in and sweep it up. Yeah, that sort of thing you probably, I don't know if that's shop-worn enough for you, but, you know, yeah, roll it out, baby. Come on, baby, roll it out. Roll out them cults. I want to see them blow their brains out on national TV. Yeah, baby. Ha, ah, cool. That one guy, look, he says he's Jesus. Cool, I want to see what happens to him. Ah, no, you're going to torture him. <laughs> Too bad it's not the days of Lewis, Julian, West. We can get the LSD going, the whole bit. But you're messing with something very, very strong. And the reason we can make predictions about everything going to hell is because you're mixing and conjuring things that are very strong. That dumb, curly-haired, orange-haired woman and the, 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 I guess the ruler over Taylor Swift in the box, I guess she's the queen bee, uh, has basically sealed the fate for the NFL. And they just let her do it because they don't know what it means. A few hand signs, what's the big deal? It's not the hand signs. It's the person. And to have that dictating to Taylor Swift, you know, drink this drink or whatever. Um, and to have that prominent on the Super Bowl 
promises the end of the Super Bowl. Probably due to war. I, I just don't understand why you people think you can get away with all this. You're just bad people. Yeah, you're bad people. You probably don't deserve to live. Well, we know you don't. Maybe that's why the globalists are thinking about a mass sweep-up of just nuking your ass. Just getting rid of, you know, two billion people at once. Because what good are you? Useless eaters? Dumb sinners? No consciousness? Easy way out? Run the coach over and expect to stay in the game? Do criminality, expect to stay in the game? Do crimes on the street, expect to stay in the game? What do you think is going to happen? You think you're just going to get a pass? Uh, this is great. It's good. You get a pass for so long. But at some point, the plug gets pulled. And we are, we are looking really dark right now. Just really, really a huge black magic mass of death and darkness has come over the United States. Just since the Super Bowl. Isn't that nice? Aren't you glad you've really enjoyed that? Doesn't it tell you the fact that you enjoyed it, meaning you're basically brain dead? Uh, Enjoy your life. Just remember, every day, maybe your last. You have no security, and there's no point buying an insurance policy. There is no point investing in gold. It's too late for that now. There is no point preparing to survive in any way, shape, or form. I mean, you may last a little while bartering until you run out. And then where are you going to be? SOL. Cannon fodder. Yeah. And the thing is, is we're right back to Jesus saying, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Lord, forgive them My people die from ignorance, Jesus says. Because, see, sin, and let's talk about sin here for a second. Sin, it's something that's required. It's not voluntary. It's not free will choice. I mean, it is to do it or not, I guess, I suppose. But it's a requirement for social conformity. We must have your secrets on file so that we could at any time get you if we're going to trust you with the keys of the kingdom. Period. Is there anybody that doesn't understand that concept? And if you don't get that concept, we'll just electronically harass you and gang stalk you. Anybody been gang stalked? If you've ever been gang stalked, then you are 
in a category that is socially unacceptable on somebody's list. And it's not going to go away just because you say so. I would, of course, this is logic. And then when you find out that these people are connected to the real dark sorcery that moves dimensions and you're being moved within time and space and you're starting to catch a glimpse of it and you don't even know how it happens. Nobody knows how it happens. It happens, though. You've got a little glimpse in the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect is very, 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 very much there to give you a clue as to what's going on. If you've got the ability to pull off some of that stuff, you've got the ability to really pull off everything. The only way out is going to be outside protection of an agency more powerful than the Secret Service, more powerful than the U.S. Army, more powerful than all the armies upon the earth. That's who you need to protect you now. You've run everything all the way to the gamut. You, you thought you were God the whole time. Pride goeth before a fall. You did, all, you did it all. So now what's your move? The only move that you can make is Jesus. Because otherwise it becomes self-works. In other words, you have to work it as a meditator or as a you know, bliss out, uh, wait for death. But Jesus is the protector of the lambs. He is the good shepherd. I and we shall not want. That's the only move. But you can't fool around with that move. Either make the move or don't, but if, if it's like a little bit of a playing footsie with it or you know trying to make a game out of it, you're going to get uh, shunted to hell. You know what I mean? The Lord's just done with you. Just like, gone. Pink gone, out of sight, out of mind, never existed. Next, please. So if you want to see the rest of this thing through, you're going to have to get serious about what move can I make? And that doesn't mean fear. I remember in the horror movie, The Omen. Remember when that guy was so fearful? The priest? And he wound up being impaled anyway. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? It's it, that. Yeah, that doesn't do any good just to be afraid and therefore choose Jesus because you're afraid. Oh, please protect me. Nothing's going to happen. And then you get run over by a car. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that can happen. See, that's where the Lord searches your heart to find out if you're for real or not. Well, one prayer we can pray is this. Lord, search my heart. Search our hearts, Lord. Search our souls. Search our minds. And if anything is wrong, if anything is out of place, if anything is, is not to your standard, if we're self-deluded, if we are somehow misguided, please show us, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Please reveal it to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Please set us on the right path. Lord, in Jesus' name, we're just steeped in ignorance here. Lord, help us. And we understand that without your help, there is no help. Whoever said the Lord helps those who help themselves, as if that's the whole, no, the, the, the whole of the of the of the uh, of the arrangement, um, doesn't really know God. The Lord helps those who are helpless, who can't help themselves. Amen. Help me. That's going to help me on my with my back is out right now. Shit. Uh, and help me with my my tongue is a bit loose today. Sorry about that. Yeah, well, it's just the frustration builds up. I, I, I no excuse. I know the difference between the f bomb and and uh, and whatever else. It's not someone else's fault. It's not circumstances are over my head. It's my fault. I am the controller of my tongue. So therefore, I must rein it in. And you'll see that I, as I've gone further with this podcast, I should probably do more of these because, well, we do them now. We do them for an hour. We don't, I can't go two hours because I'm anemic. And uh, really bad anemic. I'm just looking at my... Everything is in my chart. My chart's on uh, accessible to me 24-7. So I can go back to that test for anemia. My, I did a whole metabolic blood workup. Holy... I shouldn't even be walking around. Yes, you should. But I've been taking my iron. And uh, it's helped a little bit so far. But it's, it's going to take time. To build that up, you know, and uh, you got to build it up without side effects. So anyway, I, you know, I, I need the Lord's help on this. And um, the doctors, you know, it's funny. The doctors don't seem to. I, the doctors are the ones to me that don't have a clue. I mean, they're good if they have a broken bone or you have to have an emergency surgery or something, but they're not feeding you like, you know, they should be feeding us foods and supplements that would enhance our healing. And they don't. They feed us junk food. And they feed us, you know, commercial over-the-counter drugs because they have to. And, you know, they laugh if you question their integrity. They're arrogant. You know, not all of them, but a lot of them. A lot of the good ones have quit. So that's what I'm facing as I go to these appointments. And, you know, everyone's telling me that this is failing, the kidneys are failing, the blah, blah, blah is failing. You know, at one point they thought my mind, my brain was failing. And they tried to give me an MRI for the brain. And at you know, 3 in the morning or 2 in the morning, in the middle of the night, I found myself tied to the MRI machine, not even knowing how I got there. 
And of course, I was ready to fight them. And I punched that fucking machine out. And my hand got bloody, and I was going after the guy, the tech. And he ran, he ran down the hall. And then they brought me back to the room, and they go, well, your brain is fine. Well, of course it's fine. Of course I'm going to fight back. I'm not going to just sit there and let them fry my brain. But there are other people that would do that. Who would let them fry the brain? Oh, yes, yes, sir, doctor. Whatever you say, doctor. I'm going to do exactly what you say. Not yet. Okay. Later morning. Kidney tea is pretty awesome. It feels good. Hopefully that'll work. Kidneys. You know, kidneys, what they like is water. Yeah, what's it called? Red sage. Yeah. That's good for the kidneys. It's very uh, good smelling. Yeah, yeah. It's fresh red sage. Yeah. They wouldn't even know what that is in a hospital. They, they would have no clue. You're dealing with absolute morons in there. And for the exception of... Well, now that I've kind of come to my senses and having analyzed, looking back, and, and, and had time to, you know, consider what kind of quality care I've received, thanks to Obama and everyone else who's shaped the uh, health... Care, uh, blob, you know, bills. Uh, picture ain't a very good picture. No, well, like they want me to to bow down, and I guarantee you that's not ever going to happen. I mean, they tried it in there; they had me captive. And there's no more insult than me tied. I was, I was tied with like flimsy rope with my ass hanging out too, you know, to the to the MRI machine, you know, basically naked. I, I, what the hell? This is like a scene out of uh, Marat Saad. I, you, you know what I mean? This is it's like, you know, it's uh, it, it's it, it's basically uh, you know, masochism on their part. Or sadism, rather, or masochism on my part. Not masochism, and there's masochism on my part for, you know, and I, I don't recall ever signing anything to let them do that. But then again, so I am leery about going there for any more procedures, especially surgery, because I don't want uh, CPAP machines put on my head to stop me from breathing so I can't get up from the. Uh, Anesthetic. I mean, I know they'd love to probably cripple me with that, but no. I draw the line there. You know? And that's just basically what I would call a lazy anesthesiologist. Anyway. So I'm trying to recover. I'm, I'm, I'm up and uh, I'm walking with a walker. That means I'm actually walking. But it's real wobbly, and, and I could, you know, and I've had two near falls, uh, sideways falls. Uh, so I've got walking, but I don't have, I can't walk on my own, and I'm, you know, in danger of falling. 
to the side or even backwards, which has been the problem the whole time. We just have to keep building up strength, right? Part part of the problem is again, I think the anemia and the fact that a lot of the uh, deconditioning I went through, including my legs, happened because just you know my whole body went down with nutrients and and strength, and you know everything was just rubbery. And the reason that all happened was because of uh, having an infection. And the infection, unfortunately, uh, you know, you know, affects all the organs and everything. And really, I mean, most people that get what I had don't even make it through. Probably about seventy-five percent. So the idea that I'm even here right now is pretty amazing. We're just going to give it to God. If God didn't want me here, He had the perfect time to take me. Which, by the way, when I was in that state close to death, I wasn't feeling any real angst. I wasn't really aware of being aware or unaware. But I was not in a horrible, tortured state. I was just floating along. And if God took me, he would have taken me, and there would have been none the wiser, and there would have been no suffering. But he didn't do that. We went through the, you know, coming back. Coming back in. And um, so coming back this time's hard. This time's hard. And uh, you know it's amazing. I had had some some insurance because I tell people it's too late for insurance, but I it was offered to me, and I got some. And within about six months, I needed it. So. What's that? Trish got me the insurance because I couldn't get it on my own. But she had, what did you have, Medicare A and B? And so they afforded it to me because we're married. And um, I was able to get this uh, policy that, you know, took care of a lot of the things in the hospital. Because they would do things like every time they would draw blood, every time they would give you a medication, every time they would take you to a procedure, like every other day they're taking me to a, either an MRI or this or that or ultrasound or one of those. And then you have to sign, meaning that goes on your bill. And as I looked at the bill, I'm like, well, most of this stuff is, you know, useless attests is is what ran the bill up. Not just room and board. So, you know, yeah, it's broken. It's already broken. You know, the crowd... In the ER, the immigrants, right, the immigrant. If you had to go to the ER and wait in line, like on one of those days, like New Year's Eve or something, you'd be there for days, days without treatment. I wonder how many died there. If you go in with the ambulance, they prioritize you. You know, it's like... It's a more serious thing, so they're going to they're going to get you a room and get you going, and they they're assuming that if you have money to pay for that, you're going to have money to pay for treatment. I hate to put it that way. The poor the poor guy that's got nothing, he's standing there. The government says they're going to pay for it, 
but he's ultimately going to be turned away. And then what they're going to do, all those people, and I mean, the ER, when I went through there, like, it was hallway after hallway of a line of people. Hundreds and hundreds of people in there. And then they wheeled me past all that in my hospital bed. And um, I realized that most of those people that were in the ER, none of them had any health insurance. None of them had, uh, very few spoke English. They were, you know, Albuquerque, so they were mainly immigrants. And so they, so I asked them, I said, well, what about these people there? Can somebody get care here if they come in? And they said, no. They're they're turning patients away. All new patients are turned away. Have you ever heard of that? I mean, have you ever experienced that yourself? You've, I know you read about it, but I mean, have you... I was there when they were turning patients away. In fact, at one point, they were worried that these patients were going to start marching up and down the halls, harassing people. And they brought security in to deal with them. Yep. Yep. That happened. Yes, yes, sir. And uh, they took care of it. It was like no big deal for them. But the idea that the hospital was ineffective. There was another hospital right near there where they were hacked. So all their records were hacked. So they weren't admitted. So they were sending also their lights, computers went out. So they sent all their patients over to to, to my hospital. So now it's completely locked up. I was very fortunate to, to, to get the care that I did get. And probably the fact that uh, there were so many made it so they weren't as, you know, they probably would have run the bill up a lot higher had none of that been going on, had they been more focused. So... Weird experience, but uh, sad, sad testimony on uh, what's happened to America, huh? Well, all you got to do, America, is kick Travis Kelsey out of the game and kick the witches out. If they're doing hand signs and stuff up in the booth, and it wasn't just a hand sign, it was a spell. So if they're doing that crap up there in the booth, you get rid of them. What the hell's the matter with you? And I'll tell you what's the matter with them. They're completely dumb. I mean, they're just, they're ignorant. They don't understand the danger they're in. And so now we know the Super Bowl was cursed in 2012, but now it's triply cursed. I mean, now it's really cursed. There's just no question about it at this point. Everything they do is cursed. The uh, Grammys, the uh, you know, the Academy Awards, movies in general. You know the way it used to be? I can tell you because the movies were my only... As a kid, I really... They were really a sanctuary for me. 
all the theaters were pristine along Wilshire Boulevard, Beverly Hills, and up into a little bit of Hollywood on the Sunset Strip, and you know, a couple of theaters, you know, Westwood theaters were always going. And the bottom line is, so going to these movies was an experience. Going to cultural events was an experience. Um, it was, uh, uh, you have to get a, uh, like at the Warner Theater in Beverly Hills on Wilshire Boulevard. It was all Art Deco and just, just really quite an amazing building. And when you went in there, you had to get a ticket for your specific seat. Then you could get a program, which is all glossy, nice, and you could get a 12-inch vinyl of the, of the uh, score, and you could get other stuff. And you go sit in your chair, and then usually with these bigger movies, like, say, Lawrence of Arabia or something, they would have an intermission where people would come out, just like in the theater, and they would, you know, commiserate a little bit out by the popcorn thing and, and, and outside a little bit. And then they hit a tone, and it was time to go back and sit down, very orderly. And when there were events um, where celebrities would show up, they were usually dressed in, uh, you know, formally a lot of the time or very nicely, very, in other words, very respectful of whatever the cultural event was, including stars on Hollywood Boulevard. It used to be, it was never as, it may have been in the background, tawdry, and I'm sure it was, you know, sinful and awful. But none of that was in your face. And it seems like the difference now is nobody cared. And I saw those theaters, they had like the Egyptian, the Chinese, they had um, a few other kind of movie palaces on Hollywood Boulevard and then a couple on Sunset. And what I noticed was that they fell apart in the 70s. They, um, they, they started showing you know, violence porn and pornography as the whole street went down the tubes. And everything went, all the luster of uh, Hollywood and the glamour of the stars. Not, I'm not saying it, it, it like it's a bad thing or a good thing. But I'm saying I do remember that time when it was, you know, um, considered so important. And of course it fell apart because it's of man. Everything of man will fall apart. It's managing the fall. How are they going to manage all these people? But uh, I do remember when it was in glamour. And you had all these screen magazines and newsstands and book signings and um, same thing happened with rock stars. L.A. rock stars became like royalty. 
And it was really something for the few years there. And then um, it went down the tubes and it, it, it never came back. You would think there was a guy, Quentin Tarantino, who he revived the uh, a theater that was on Beverly Boulevard, which is not the main mix of theaters. But it was in kind of an arts area of Beverly Boulevard toward, you know, toward Mid-Wilshire, but not really Mid-Wilshire. And um, called the New Beverly, or he called it that. And then he will run uh, prints in there. In other words, he, they collect prints of films. And they run 35-millimeter and 70-millimeter prints. So you can get the flavor of the old days or see something like that. Um, and he gets quite a crowd. He, uh, you know, the weekends are when, when it's running and it's very, people are very enthusiastic, but it is an art, an art curation. It's, it's like curating the theater. It's like curating opera. It's not really here anymore. Right? We're in the age of digital, AI. No 35 millimeter prints. No beautiful 35 millimeter color. No um, mechanical upgrades on cameras or lights. No, uh, you know, that, that's all stopped. It's all instantaneous now. You can have 25 cameras going at once. It really doesn't matter. You can hose down a scene every which way where you can tell a story with non-actors. You could just film a bunch of people doing a bunch of things and make a story out of it. So it's... I've seen it come and I've seen it go. And I think the reason it went is because Hollywood is not supposed to be royalty. Amen? You're not supposed to worship Marilyn Monroe. You're not supposed to worship Humphrey Bogart. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to, I mean, there's a, there's a line there, but I mean, there's, you know, there are people that took it, you know, way, way far. And then, of course, the church was declining the whole time. Churches, Protestantism, Catholicism, all in decline. And then by the time the 60s hit, it was Mao Zedong on the brain all over the place. And um, Mao Zedong, LSD, and overthrowing the, uh, the administration building at uh, UCLA. That's basically what was going on. There were movies that came out then that reflected the times. One, Clockwork Orange by Stanley Kubrick. And you couldn't get in there unless you were 18. And you couldn't get in there even with a parent or a guardian. Seriously, it was that locked up. It was rated X. And then now, the, um, you know, the industry has gotten rid of the X. And they have what might be called a hard R. There is no X. It's a hard R. And 
you know, let's face it, they're showing anything and everything. So it's, again, we've lost uh, not just decorum, but we've lost um, values, we've lost uh, integrity, we've lost respect, we've lost um, even the notion of putting on a face on it. You know, of, of at least patching it up a little. So when you do the cancer drive, it doesn't look like you're doing uh, you know, pedophile trafficking. You know what I mean? It's, it's, all that's gone too. So tell me, how long then for the rest of it to go? Right? It just makes sense that if you got, you know, if you've got the entire thing falling into uh, disrespect, uh, arrogance and pride, uh, ignorance, that it won't take long before you uh, lose the rest of it. And losing it, well, have we lost it already? Are we just huddled down here in America while people are arriving here and saying, it's the land of golden opportunities. Now I can really make something of myself. I'm in America. In America, you work hard and make a couple of right moves and you can be set up too. Even the notion of that seems silly at this point. So the Zeph report came on. I'm eating an orange here for, for energy to keep going. So the Zeph report... No, I don't mean to be rude or disrespectful. It's just that I need a little energy and an orange is my, my go-to I don't know about you but the orange to me is like the burst of energy burst of sunlight so the Zephyr Report has always been dedicated to the decline of civilization to managing the decline from, the, from our perspective surviving the gang stalking Surviving the the the, you know, the witchcraft and the weird stuff, calling it out, seeing the culture was little little more than a veneer of niceties over, you know, a, a veneer of niceties over a uh, you know a, 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 a house of uh, satanic prostitution, you know, a layer of niceties hiding. Um, you know, a world of sin. So there's two approaches you can take. One, let's rebuild America. Let's rebuild it. Let's make it great again. Two, let's take care of our people. Because our people, they, they need, they, they've got the key. They've got, they just need encouragement. 
they've got the they've 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 got the money, they've got the power, they've got the direction. If anyone's going to save this country, it's going to be the lambs. I've never said that before. Well, it's the first time I've said that. If anyone is going to save this country, it's going to be God, right? Through his lambs. He's not going to be... Well, God can work through anybody. Even even that, that uh, ginger-headed, uh, curly-headed, you know, ugly witch. And... Um, I, 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 all I would say is not likely not likely he worked through her and Zeph E. Daniel got to see it and I'm making my comments on it so yes God worked through her and through me because I wasn't done talking about it yet everybody else seems to be done with this it's a lot more serious of an issue than people are making it. It's a lot more serious. You're talking, I'm showing you a direct line between the end of America and Taylor Swift. The end of America and that, that fucking bitch with the, with the, with the uh, orange hair. Yeah, you know, anyone with the name Ice in it you know, it's basically an ice queen. Ice queens don't give a damn if you could be laying there, you know, bloody. You could be laying there in the heading down the Rio Grande River, and all you need is a hand to get out. And uh, she'd probably sit there and watch you die and try to suck off your energy. Look, that's the way it is. Hard, disgusting, imperious, mean. Somebody yesterday told me, they said, Mother, Na- Mother Nature is a cruel mother. Amen to that. Mother Nature is a fucking cruel mother. Oh, yeah. Very cruel. Very cruel. And hurts. And hurts. Makes it harder than it should be. To recover. And um, makes it so some people never recover. You ask the Lord, why so cruel? And I think that's just the Lord saying, well, this is what you got unless you've got me. And if you've got me, then you can have a miracle healing. But you're not going to have one from Mother Nature. No, sir. So that's how I figure that one out. That's how I'm, how I'm looking at it. But, you know, it's... I mean, knowing what we know, it's almost like all of our deference... People don't... They don't really understand. The biggest horror movie in the world is God's horror movie. That's the biggest. 
It's a big horror movie because you're dealing with just such gritty reality. You're dealing with psycho killers and you're dealing with people that destroy whole armies and you're dealing with angels that kill 150,000 people. You're dealing with real horror. Real horror. You're dealing with real blood. And it's just not funny. So I think it's... The, 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 I don't know if that's ever going to leave my craw, that, that thing they did in the Super Bowl where they were telling that Jesus people, Jesus followers are us, to wash the feet. Of course, we already know that. We already know whether we open the door for every. It's not a closed club. We already know that. We're, we're trying to, we're here as ambassadors of Christ trying to, you know, show people why this is the path. Not just some stupid platitude of, oh, well, follow it and you'll see. Follow Jesus and you'll be okay. Well, what does that mean? Nothing. Anyway. Well, if what I think is going to happen is going to happen, there'll be a lot to do. (laughs) Mainly, we're going to need miracles. Taking care of neighbors loaves and fish, healings, blind to see, and Lazarus coming forth from the, uh, from the tomb. We're going to need to see some of that, as well as more of the cosmic miracles of, wow, and you've experienced those. We were supposed to have a nuclear war today, and we didn't. That's a cosmic miracle, right? That's a, uh, Intervention miracle. Yeah. Well, anyway, I love you guys. I'm, I'm grappling with all this too, you know. This is like what's on my mind, you know. Number one, how are our people going to take, you know, the fall out if they're, you know, depending on how hard it hits. And then what are we going to do after that? And the work will be there. It's going to be just taking care of people to the best you can until you can't anymore. But it's going to be all of a sudden. Because people won't stop. They just keep going. And that, no, 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 the the witchy girl and her dumb singer friend and all that, that's nothing. The admonishment and the lecture to Christians, that's cause for war. And you know what? A lot of people haven't talked about that too much. But that's a call to war. You do not talk to the followers of Jesus that way. Because inherently, you know, calling them haters and things like that, you don't do it the same reason 
that you don't insult the Lord. Even if you're not quite completely a believer, you don't. It's the same reason. You, you, just, you just don't do it, okay? You don't hit the coach either. I've never seen that. Have you? No. You ever seen that, folks? Yeah, there is a 12 years of uh, history. Prophetic future wrapped up in that Super Bowl game. Right? It's going to unfold one thing after the other. But right now, suffice it to be crime in the streets. But it can get worse than that. They're getting ready to release a plague of some kind that they're going to insist on lockdowns and all that. It will all be fake, but it will kill people right and left, and they'll show it on TV, and they'll, they'll, make, they'll, make, they'll make it like, if you don't want to lock down, you're trying to kill the rest of us. You need to be isolated. You need, how about, remember this, Sean Penn? People that don't want a jab need to be put in concentration camps. Do you remember that? Sean Penn, what a jerk. He's such a jerk. Yeah, well, he, he lives in Malibu. He drives an old truck. He puts his sleeves up like James Dean, acting like he's working, working class. And I'm like, you know, he, he rules the roost. Huh? He rules the roost. Wherever he goes, the door is just open for him. Not that there's a lot of places to go in Malibu, but I mean, there's a marmalade cafe, I suppose. There's, a, you know, places here and there, a little movie theater. There's, what is there uh, next to the Hughes Market? There's a market there. And Canaan Road, you've got a few t shirt shops. <laughs> well, I've gone an hour, 29 minutes. I is improving on my uh, energy. I had to have an orange to boost it up today. Uh, but anyway, let's, uh, I consider that a blessing. Amen. Right? Man, you sound strong. Oh, I'm strong. I'm taking iron. I'm ready to punch someone in the face. Not me. Not you. <laughs> or Ben's. You know. But like that, uh, you know, running in the coach like that, and then the coach. Oh, gosh. That was so sick. What was sick was the, the reaction. Why couldn't that coach have been a man? He, he, he was brilliant as a coach, and he had all these plans, and. Him and Mahomes cooked up all this strategies to win, and they won. Together, they won. It's, it's usually the coach or the quarterback is the, is the real combo you need, right? And they won. And uh, then it came time for him to be a man. You know, a, a, a man with integrity. It, it, a, you know, a stalwart, you know, a, a real human being. And he, and he, he became a baby. Well, he took him out for a couple of plays, but no, no, no. The, the fact that the guy 
I, I don't know. It's just so sad. Really sad. Well, hopefully he'll retire. Well, he got his prize. Right, he's he can be seen as the lone man on the field, holding his Vince Lombardi trophy, with nobody clamoring around him. Ah, God, I don't want to see this every day. I see this stuff every day, everywhere I look, I see it. Why can't we just have one, one incident of integrity, of humanness, of contrition, of, of you, know, you know, humbleness, of, of what, what's wrong with one, just one? Why was he such a coward and a baby? Why? He won a big football game, man-sized football game. He should be able to step into those shoes. He couldn't step into Lombardi's shoes. He's no Vince Lombardi. He's a baby. He's a big roly-poly baby. Oh. Oh, God. Is there nowhere to go, folks? Do people in the world even know what I'm talking about? Not really. Um, see you next time. God bless each and every one of you, and thanks for stopping by for the visit. Hopefully I'll be able to serve you better. I think this convo is, I think we've, we've hosed this down pretty good. And, and, and my title stands. You're good to go, you guys. You're good to go with the gospel. You're good to go. Good to go. You're in good shape. You're not the ones being worried about right now. Okay. Here's a weird song. How you get through another world a lesser world, a world not